Welcome to Commerce Conversations by Commerce Ventures, the podcast where we dive deep into fintech and retail tech with industry experts. I'm Claire Jacobs, head of content and community at Commerce. And today we chat with Scott D'Angelo. He's the CMO and longtime payment aficionado at Allegiant. In this episode, Matt and Erica get together with Scott to talk about what's happening in the travel industry during a major transition period with COVID trends here to stay and technological advancements making the options broader than ever before. We get into marketing in a new era of regulation and privacy, changing tides of consumer preferences, and so much more. Listen in. Hey, Scott. Great to see you. Uh, excited to have you on the podcast. Great to be here. We'd love to have you tell us a little bit about your background. You got an amazing background, first in payments and, and now really a travel guru. Yes. So about six and a half years was part of the group of executives that took what then was called Van, now known as, as WorldPay Public back in 2012. And, you know, ironically, kind of a, a five to six year stint there where just payments was seemingly at the epicenter of everything going on when it comes to how consumers shop and, and buy things, right? We had Amazon one click. We had the creation of the subscription businesses, whether that was food preparation and or streaming a uh, ride share came along. Well, that could be seen as uh, applicable to all industries. I met the founder and in effect of Belegion, now executive chairman, Maury Gallagher. And, you know, he explained the vision for Allegiant that this was a direct to consumer business, that it wasn't just about selling uh, airfare. It was also about plugging in third party products, hotels, rental cars, events, et cetera. And really what, what I heard was, wow, this is a, a platform company, not unlike Amazon in a marketplace that brings together you know, sellers. Definitely a lot of convergence uh, between where you were in payments and uh, where you are now and you know, part of the core thesis of Commerce Ventures <laughs> as, as it happens, as you know. So but we're, we're seeing a, a number of different trends coming together in the travel industry at the moment. Uh, things like rebundling, like the global airline ancillary revenue is expected to be $66 billion this year. So it's just a massive dollars in that category. Obviously, the rise of short-term rentals and some some more fluctuations in that market more recently. Obviously, a, a big focus on sustainability, both what airlines are doing, but what what they can do about it. Here's what you're seeing as some of the most important sort of categories or, or travel trends out there at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's start with one of the first ones. During the pandemic, you had this rise and. Consumers going direct to the airline or the hotel, right? Everywhere had different either safety procedures or things that, you know, you needed to know about. And as we kind of distance ourselves from that, there's been this real resurgence in customers going to online travel agencies and or other third-party aggregators that are making it easy to buy all your elements of travel, whether that's air car, lodging, things to do. And that certainly is a, 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 a major force. The other one that you mentioned that everyone's trying to get into, especially airlines, to find these additional revenue and specifically highly profitable revenue pools to help make up for you know things like pilots, which is a shortage of, and salaries are all uh, going up. Fuel can ebb and flow, but remains kind of 
problematic with just global events. Uh, so you then look at things that you can control and or at least that are managed. And those things largely lie in the, the other things you can sell. Uh, I love what you're talking about in terms of selling additional products. And I think what we've looked at from a technology perspective is particularly with more and more digital interfaces, gives you more um, sort of surface area to be able to up those. Like it couldn't be before where you're moving flight passing from one flight to the other because there's a revenue generating opportunity there. You mentioned you know, selling sort of partner offers. And obviously we're, we're super excited that you're working with one of our portfolio companies, Kevl, uh, to actually do that, right? How, how do you take advantage of these digital interactions and put them up to the highest bidder uh, to really generate as much revenue as you can? Yeah, no, and super excited about companies like Kevl that you enable us, if we left our own devices, right? We have uh, enough in our technology backlog to continue to improve the experience that creating an ad-serving platform, right? It's not a core competency uh, for a travel company like ours. And Kevl is just an absolute, you know, blessing because we can now easily incorporate something that enables us to monetize our audience in a highly relevant way. And certainly you can think of the near adjacencies that I talked about, hotel, rental car, things to do with the destination. But we truly envision this expanding to consumer products, right? Uh, anytime someone's about to take a beach vacation, right? Health and beauty products like suntan lotion, like aloe, uh, after sun, if you have babies, swimmable diapers uh, are going to be on the, the shopping list. And, and, and Kevl gives us now the ability to do that kind of in a real-time fashion as people are, you know, searching for their flights and ultimately deciding what to book. Yeah, I think this is actually a really great segue into our next question. And, and when it comes to marketing, we know obviously personalization is, is something that's very important to you. Curious how you dealt with that in terms of a environment that's increasingly more stringent around data privacy. So, you know, first and foremost, we follow kind of that the highest common denominator, if you will, uh, California's GDPR when it comes to, you know, opting in, making it easy for people to opt out, to delete their information and things like that. We've also, I think, always done a good job of our preference management, meaning, yes, you're, you're opting in to receive deal emails from me, but we kind of double click on that and provide our customers the ability on, would you like only flight deals? Would you like to be included when we have sweepstakes for an NFL game or a headliner concert? Uh, would you like to receive information from partners that have offers for you uh, so that it's more granular to make sure from the beginning that that opt-in uh, and that preference management is there. But beyond that, where I think the real opportunity is, is that we'll see some 150 million uh, unique web visitors. And ideally, it would be great to know who they are, especially if they have past history with us. So we can you know, have those travel preferences, have that stored and, and save travel information and payment information. There's a lot you do behaviorally that, the PII doesn't matter. You could imagine a couple Friday night sipping wine, deciding that they're looking to take a romantic vacation to a beach, right? So they come to Allegiant.com, the, the way in which they search, the pace in which they search, right? Because honestly, your, your name, your address, even your, your email doesn't really tell me as much about your travel intentions and how to best serve you as your behavior. 
uh, on whatever device you're accessing uh, Allegiant.com with. And so what we really look forward are those providers that are going to enable that clickstream data, right? How fast, what you're looking at to translate those into personas that then you can personalize and build what I like to call the digital store around that consumer. One of the things that, that I think was a big opportunity for travel is that we're among the last to still do a majority of our bookings on something other than a smartphone or a tablet. And I'm going to use just rough 80-20 order of magnitude numbers here. Despite the fact that about 80% of initial searches start on a phone or tablet, that almost gets flipped in reverse when looking at the proportion of bookings done on a desktop laptop versus on that phone or tablet. And there's a lot of reasons for this. People used to say, well, it's the imagery. People want to see bigger. We know that's not true because we watch people all the time. I have kids that won't turn on the TV and prefer to watch a movie on a mobile device. What it is, is the amount of information oftentimes required to input to make an airline reservation and or a hotel reservation, right? If best practices that internet retail and others taught us when it comes to autofill, you can just click on the traveler and know that you're not going to fat finger the birthday and not get through TSA because it doesn't match your driver's license. It's things like that that I think can really ultimately, yes, take friction out of the process and, and, and get travel uh, into that mobile world. So, so quick uh, on AI, it wouldn't be a card carrying venture capitalist without asking this question. So uh, bear with me. But you know, what, what do you think, if, you had, if I had to lay down on like the, the two biggest things in the travel industry that are going to be impacted by AI, like what would the two things be in your mind? Yeah. So, well, we have a, a lot of use cases, specifically if we dimensionalize it first with the consumer's use of AI, how it impacts a traditional web search behavior. From a consumer perspective, as you get used to getting not only the results you want, but oftentimes more robust results that you simply just need to speak into with any and all criteria you want, and I'll speak specifically for industry, uh, a travel occasion, right? I no longer have to do cheap flights to Orlando. I can say, I would like the cheapest nonstop flight from Cincinnati to Orlando, preferably these dates or times with the best value on a resort that's near the theme park I'm going to visit. And boom, it's all there. No one types that in a search bar. Right. Before we jump there, we have a love to like, yeah, I, I agree. I think that I think SEO is going to be turned search and SEO are going to be turned upside down um, by generative AI. We, we actually we, we, we just met a company called Optiversal. We're not an investor, but we think what they're doing is pretty cool, which was basically scouring for anybody selling any product with reviews, was scouring all those reviews and product descriptions and then matching those, finding the opportunities where those match with lot high value search uh, uh volume that's happening on the internet and cr automatically creating category pages not just like crappy seo pages but literally here are the search results and pre-populating those for a series of long tail search results so you as a consumer search for something pretty specific and all of a sudden you're landing on 
that retailer with products that have already been tailored for that search result, which people have done sort of manually for a long time, but be, uh, doing that in, in an automatic fashion, all of a sudden, I can do this for 10,000 search results on our site. And it's just going to change change the game, I think. It, it absolutely will. And that's that's incredible to hear because, you know, the one problem you always have with with bundling is this notion of you're bundling a lowest common denominator and you want to put air and or hotel and or car in it. And with each piece that you add, when you're you're doing it in kind of a static way, right? Everybody's going to have an issue with one thing. Well, I like the hotel, but not that light day or, you know, that car rental doesn't work for me at this price. And what a solution like that does is enables like an infinite amount of relevant bundles, right? It's not constrained by the fact that we only have so much room on a website above the fold and or, you know, only able to show like text results. Uh, it could take what you say versus what I say, even if three quarters of, of what we're looking for are the same and bundle in that, that remaining quarter that's unique. And, and that's really why I think you talk to OTAs and, and, and even us, you know, folks, they certainly like to bundle and save, but they don't really like prepackage things because it's never exactly what they want. And even if it's the majority of what they want, Right. They they feel like unbundling it and and you know picking and choosing whether it's across providers, you know, they can get a better deal and get exactly what they want. Something like what you just mentioned actually solves for that in, in the long run and could really be a step change in seeing true kind of bundled packages that aren't bundled by the airline or the OTA, they're bundled around the true needs as expressed by the consumer would address the the issue that exists today with just a traditional package that you know doesn't really meet everyone's needs fully and is built on kind of a lowest common denominator that if you get 10% take you're thrilled by uh something like that would would be a game changer in that space all right so what what other AI question and then maybe we'll jump back to another topic on OTAs cuz I think it's some interesting stuff to go there how long do you think it will be before People have to go through the experience of calling your customer service, dialing zero 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 to get to the agent to fix their thing, or standing in the long line, you know, at a gate to change their flight. Whether like the AI is good enough, obviously it's out there, right? So the the automated agents are out there, but we're still doing that a lot. How far do you think we are before that's like that kind of is a a thing of the past of interacting with a human in person or uh, you know in your call center? You know, if I had to gun to my head, I say. Three years at which two thirds of the things you call about are easily handled by that. Meaning things that a website might not enable you to do, or we call it managed travel, right? You want to add that extra day. I had this when I was traveling down uh, to Miami, world-class resort. I messed up the, the dates and no problem, but I had to call them, right? And they answered quick, took care of it quick. But right, that's an interaction that doesn't need to happen if I'm able to say, I didn't mean to check out Saturday, I meant to check out Sunday. Can you please extend my reservation for a day? And it comes back to me, I've done this, here's your new price. Is everything okay with this? Great. Right. It's all the things that happened in that interaction, but it was a call. Scott, you're gonna receive one email canceling your prior reservation, one with the new 
reservation information on it? Is there anything I can help you with? The answer was no, but that could have easily been done. So I put things like that in the two thirds. You will always have nuances. So, you know, keep an operator standing by. But I'll go on the record at saying within two years, about two thirds of the things that people calling to a traditional call center today uh, will be handled through generative AI. Cool. Um, now, I don't think this would be a travel podcast if we didn't double click into this topic of OTA. So I know this has come up a lot in our conversation. And I think one of the things that we've been hearing about is this kind of rising battle for the checkout between the direct seller and the OTA provider. Notably, Allegiant has kind of chosen to stay off of the OTA. Curious what has driven your decision to do that and kind of the pros and cons that come along with that decision. You bet. So I've been in Allegiant for about five and a half years. And one of the, the greatest things that I could inherit as a chief marketing officer was to have a now 20-year-old company that made the decision from the outset to sell only direct to consumer and not go through OTAs to, to resell. The reason originally had a lot to do with maintaining an ultra low cost foundation um, for Allegiant, to give you an idea, if we sold through OTAs, for each booking, it would cost us about 6 to $8. Um, and while that might not seem like a ton, when your average transaction size is 250 to $300, right? 6 to $8 takes a, a chunk of profitability right out. Uh, as we've shared before at prior investor days, um, our marketing uh, and advertising runs about 3 to $4 per booking. So about half of what we would pay if we, quote unquote, outsource uh, the booking to a, a third party. Great. So I've got one last question, but it's sort of a two-part question uh, and sort of juxtaposed versus one another. Uh, and I'll tell you the two questions, then you can just tag them in and you want to get going. So first, is what part of, because we've got a lot of listeners who are technologists, investors, everybody's thinking about sort of the technology angle on travel. What what part of the uh, technology or travel do you think has the most promise over the coming years? That's question one. And then which one do you think is the most overhyped? So most promise and then most overhyped in terms of technology aimed at the, so the, the broader travel market. Yeah, I the ones with most promise are the ones that can address the fact that whether it's airline and their reservation management systems, whether it's hotels and their lodging management systems, et cetera. You know, we're all purpose-built for airlines to make an airline booking, for hotels to make a room reservation. And yet, as we've talked about uh, a lot through our time together here, everyone really is looking to be able to provide that purpose-built solution. I'll use hotel and and lodging management system, as an example, wasn't necessarily designed to help also sell excursions. I, I think about when a, a kid traveling and you'd go stay at a motel outside a national park or a, a point of interest and outside of a hotel or a point of interest, and they would have that brochure rack where you would have all of those take ones that you could call for the Jeep tour or to go Honestly, we haven't really got much better in, you know, I'm 50 now, the, the 30 years I've been traveling as an adult, and it's largely because, right, you need to have that concierge, you need to have someone that has recommendations. Anything that could 
attack on existing systems. Well, when it comes to what's the most hype, I'm going to speak specifically for, for Legion and for, for leisure travel. We like to talk a lot about focusing on outside the tube, as Maury Gallagher, founder and executive chairman, would, would put it on, on all of those things that are part of your leisure travel experience that is more important and that you're willing to spend more money on than simply right transport from where you are to where you want to be. And so to that end, while we, like every airline, continues to improve the comfort of airline seats, more extended leg room, overall cabin interior, I do think a lot of the creature comforts that may be great for an international traveler, that may be great for a business traveler, like onboard entertainment, like other bells and whistles are, are things that are fun, but they're not necessarily things that we believe leisure travelers will pay a, a premium for. So if you're doing for the experience, great. But if you're doing it because you think someone's going to pay $10, $20, $50 more for it, our research, which is pretty extensive, says it's just not the case. I liken it a lot to luxury automobiles 10, 15 years ago, right? It had to have navigation. And, you know, if it was an Escalade, it was Expedition, it had to have a TV in the back rows for the kids, right? Well, now you just got it all that out because I can't tell you the last time I've used anything other than my phone for navigation. And of course, the kids or anyone else who wants to watch someone just brings in their tablet. I think of aircraft a, a lot the same way. I, I think that there's just a, a, a lot there. And I, I look around and look, I, I'll be the first one to say it as a big sports fan. When I'm flying during a major college football game or NFL game, I love the fact that Delta has DirecTV and I can watch the game. I haven't necessarily paid extra for it, but it's it's an amazing right thing to do. But I look around me, I see a few other people watching the game. Most people take more advantage of the little like gadget that will hold your tablet and or your phone in place. So the movie that you downloaded or the music that you have downloaded, you can you can watch or listen to there. I think our personal devices are what we're using. So not dissing any of the, the cool things that are going on out there. I enjoy them as a consumer too. But putting that just higher burden of, of proof, is this something that a domestic leisure traveler is going to pay more for? When it comes to a legion, if the answer is no, then don't expect to you know, see it on your, your seat back. So we, we appreciate you spending the time here. It does feel like, it's a, a really interesting time for travel tech and you know, for a bunch of different historical and current reasons. It seems like you all are actually pretty well positioned to be able to take advantage of some of those trends and generate AI and a bunch of categories. So it's exciting to, to, to continue to work with you on, on many fronts. So thank you again for, for, for you know, sharing your thoughts on the travel industry and, and a lot of great, uh, great nuggets in there. So thank you. Thanks, Scott. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. That's all for this episode of Commerce Conversations. If you want to keep up to date with cutting-edge themes and opinions in the commerce universe, you can follow us on Twitter at CommerceVC, find more of our content on Medium at the same handle, and subscribe to our newsletter on our website, commerce.vc. Thanks for listening.